when I leave for two weeks, new bars and bars and restaurants open and you can't keep up anymore unless you bike around the city every day. Literally, Budapest is like a big bar. Hello, listeners. This is Andy Steves with the Andy Steves Travel Podcast. Today's all about Hungary. Professional local guide, entrepreneur, and boys-to-men aficionado, Bogi Palotash, takes us through some of the highlights of her hometown. We discuss the trendiest things to do, the best neighborhoods to explore, and the top activities that you just can't find anywhere else but in funky Budapest. Bogi's been working as our local tour guide for my company, Weekend Student Adventures, for years now, and I also rely on her to help me update and research my guidebook for budget travelers, so she definitely knows what she's talking about when it comes to Budapest and hungry. Talking about the food and fun experiences to be enjoyed in Budapest has me dying to get back as soon as possible. I hope you enjoy, and as they say in Budapest, Ega Shegadre. Sharing tips, tricks, and tales from around the globe, this is Travel for the Next Generation. You're listening to the Andy Steves Travel Podcast. Episode number one. All right, this is Andy Steves with the Andy Steves Travel Podcast. I have my good friend and local Budapest tour guide, Bogi Palotash. Bogi is short for Boglarka. Is that right, Bogi? Yes, that's correct. I'm amazed, Andy. You know it. Beautiful. I'm glad I got it. Well, first off, Bogey, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, connect with me here. It's great to see you again here on FaceTime, and I'm excited for my for my next visit back. But uh, Bogey, welcome, and thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, Andy. I'm excited for this interview. So you've really taken over Budapest for my company, Weekend Student Adventures. I found it, you know, Budapest, a fascinating city and, and an enjoyable city because as opposed to Rome or Paris, where you have like serious sightseeing to do, like you got to see the Eiffel Tower and, and just trudge through the Louvre Museum to see the Mona Lisa. You got to go through the Vatican Museums in Rome and of course see the Colosseum and deal with all the crowds and headache and all of that. Budapest is so much more fun and a pleasant experience and less crowds um, and much more experiential. Let's go through that list that just makes Budapest so unique. Sure. Um, honestly, when I'm just being a Budapestian myself is obviously, as you said, it escape games. They're super fun. They've been around for like five years because we have a lot of cheap and creepy sellers, I guess. And <laughs> <laughs> a lot of cheap and creepy like basements in, in Budapest, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you and people actually, you know, pay money to get locked inside for 60 minutes. And, and the thrill of getting out within the, those 60 minutes within that hour is just a lot, you know, without risking your life or like jumping out of a plane. It's for the ones who still want to have some kind of thrill, but don't want to die <laughs> by doing it. So escape games, I've played over 30. I'm a big fan. Uh, that's my number one activity, I think, for Budapest. Um, but then for tourists who come here for the first time and don't know about escape games, they will mostly go to the thermal baths or the Turkish bath which is also a lot of fun. And yeah, we do have spa parties inside every Saturday. Uh, that's also very unique, as you might know too, because I remember you went there too, and I did go on your recommendation, to be honest, for the first time. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Apart from that, I remember we went on a boat cruise, boost cruise together with you, and there was a big hype on YouTube, and you were doing a special Oh my dance. gosh. That was the... Um... 
the Harlem Shake, and it was January. It had to be because it was freezing. It was like sleeting, and I decided to do it in a fur jacket and a uh, a mask on with not much else. <laughs> yeah, that's how. That was the first, like one of my first impressions oh, from uh, from Andy. It was like, I'll make how, how it wonderful. on the <laughs> Winter was like, this is supposed to be fun. So we did it alone. You got to check it out on our YouTube page, youtube.com slash WSA Europe. It's just me up there, you know, doing the solo dance. But then we got everybody on the boat to come upstairs and go to one side of the boat. And it was listing. It was it was leaning by a couple degrees um, by the time we got everybody <laughs> just dancing and going crazy up there. So that was quite interesting to uh, to, to facilitate, I guess. Yeah, I don't even remember the boat moving. I was just like, what are we doing right now? What the heck is this? Oh my gosh. (laughs) So we have boat parties, um, escape games, ruin pubs like Simpla. That's another mainstay to uh, anybody coming to Budapest for the first time, right? Can you explain to us the phenomenon of ruin pubs? So ruin bars or ruin pubs were basically abandoned buildings and mostly in the Jewish quarter. And some guys had an amazing idea to turn them into bars because what is also super typical Budapest is that everything gets turned into a bar. Uh, <laughs> like uh, old Ukrainian stone carry ship or like movie theaters, um, bookstores, um, bus stations, you name it. There's we're, literally Budapest is like a big bar. And uh, Ruin Bars became super popular, uh, I think, when Lonely Planet named it uh, Simpla. I mean, was named the world's best bar in 2013. Before that, it was like, um, like you have to imagine like a super typical house with uh, apartment buildings inside where they knocked out the buildings. And this typical 19th century house for Pesh would be uh, having foyers uh, around and inside a big like courtyard kind of thing. And these would just become bars with all kinds of random furniture inside from bathtubs to old computer screens to a kangaroo. Uh-huh. Or, or a Trabant cut in half and then made into a couch or something. Exactly, exactly. Uh, you remember that. <clears throat> and you can just get lost in there for hours. And it's oh, now it's always crowded except for during the day. Best days are definitely, I think, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday to go because then it's not so crazy. Uh, but I used to go there four times a week in college. So Simpla is definitely my favorite room bar of all. And then the one that you were talking about that looks kind of like an apartment building on the inside. Is it like an enchanted enchanted forest or whatever? That Exactly. Like, it, Simpla is also like an apartment building, but you might not instantly notice it. Whereas Instant, uh, or Instant, the enchanted forest that you remember has is even bigger. It's huge. It's like a maze. It has, uh, I think, th- three or four um, dance floors with different music, like a weird pig kind of thing hanging from the ceiling. That's like one. Uh, its signature stuff is actually animals and mixed with like people. So you would see an owl with giant boobs <laughs> and uh, it's just really random stuff and instant is is crazy you can just get lost in there and it's not you know snob you can just dress as you want ruin bars in general are just like for the laid-back type if you can see american family is really coming through as well during the day that is because then that you get carded obviously later on but it's just really cool so for everyone and we're calling them ruin bars because they are taking over what was uh, an abandoned building before. Is that where the name ruin pub or ruin bar comes from? Yeah, it's basically like, as I said, Jewish Quarter was uh, was abandoned and uh, looked kind of run down. And I think the term from that comes from, from there. 
One thing that I've noticed coming back to Budapest over the last few years is it's definitely getting trendier and trendier. Like it used to be funky for no other purpose than just being funky. But now you go to these funky bars and it feels cool. Um, I'm kind of thinking of the Gojdu passage there. Um, but it but it feels trendy with the lights, with the menus, with the design of the places. Um, is that a is that a trend to stay, you think? Yeah, I think I just the best thing, like or the easiest uh, example is when I leave for two weeks, new bars and bars and restaurants open and you can't keep up anymore unless you bike around the city every day. Um, and Gojdu is parallel to Simpla Street. And it's like it's it's a close to the ruin bars, but it's not a ruin bar, but it's kind of like an updated version with new designs. So not necessarily maybe even Gojdu, but in the Jewish quarter, like Dobos, for example, which is also a bar, but also a club, uh, or like Ankert, which would be a, a type of ruin bar, but super like, like a Nordic type of uh, very clean design. And it's still, it's still a ruin bar, but it's not the ruin bars you know it from Fogash has maybe or Instant or Simpla. Right. Um, so we can, speaking of coming to Budapest, uh, visitors can come, they can go on their own. Of course, they can use my book, Andy Steve Zero, City Hopping on a Budget. But Bogey, you've also set up your own company, and I'd love to touch on that a little bit, B-Side Tours. Um, can you speak to how that's going for you so far, Bogey? Yeah, sure. So B-Side Tours was basically, was basically my baby. Um, and because I think last year, um, or like two, three years ago, I had this idea, but I never thought that, um, me as a tour guide, uh, could be doing more than just doing tours, you know? So this means like setting up a website, learning about marketing, learning about, uh, social media strategies and, and design, like, branding, exactly design, branding, and a lot of stuff. Stuff and a lot of cool stuff actually so I'm I'm evolving here too so B-Side Tours was born uh, the concept was B-Side Tours was basically to bring you those tours that, you know how you have all these typical tours that is just concentrates on one thing I wanted to mix in all kinds of things a little bit of gastro a little bit of the ruin bars culture history so not just like be focused on one thing because that's what I've learned from working uh, for different companies that actually you can take the best from all these worlds and make them into one and that's uh, that's the idea behind B-Side Tours. And can we find uh, your website online? Yeah, it's bsidetours.com. You can also find us on TripAdvisor, Instagram, and Facebook. We have a blog if you're interested about Budapest stuff. And also it's a nod to popular music as well, right? Yeah, it's, uh, it's because uh, I love music and I think it's everything like memories that you make along the way are connected with music always. And so, for example, if you go on a tour, um, at the end of the tour, you will go maybe to a thermal bath and you will hear a song and it will be connected with, you know, the tour at the end of the day or you go to a ruin bar and you will have memories. And it's just like, think the tours just like a vinyl and have different tracks and you can go on different tracks and you can choose your own path basically or your own track. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now let's speak uh, about your, your love of music um, <laughs> because I, I think a lot of people might be thinking like, now is she Hungarian or is, she sounds like English is her, is her first language. Um, how did you pick up English? Because I think that overlaps with the music that you've listened to. Sure, yeah. So I grew up in Germany and Hungary and I spent five years in Germany and there I went to sixth uh, and seventh grade as well, first and second. 
But the point is that I was forced to learn English uh, in Germany. Forced, it was fun, obviously. But I was laughing at my own jokes because, you know, when you see words that mean other stuff in Hungarian, then you just go like, oh, my God, this actually means this and that. And no one was laughing because uh, I give you an example. Uh, I was reading the word cookie. Um, and I was like, ah, oh, cookie is a word in Hungarian. It means the little, you know, dingling of boys when you're in kindergarten, you have a cookie. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then now I just think like I go online on a website and it says, uh, do you accept the cookies? And I'm like, uh, I don't really want to, <laughs> but I still have If I have to. <laughs> yeah, if I have to, I have to click yes. But anyways, to answer your question. Um, music and languages were connected because I used to I used to write um, my English homework assignments based on music lyrics from Boys to Men or Mariah Carey or Britney Spears or whatever was really uh, my jam in the 90s, which I'm still really, really fond of. And they helped me with the lyrics and I learned a lot of adjectives and stuff from from them. Who's your favorite? Well, my favorite band is Boys to Men. There you go. <laughs> my favorite singer is Mariah Carey, hands down. And we met her in Krakow. She was super nice. We gave her our fan book. So this is one of my fun facts. The other one is that I got a rose and a meet and greet and a photo with Boys to Men, along with Nikki, the WSA operations manager, who happens to be one of my best friends from high school. <laughs> <laughs> so you've you met uh, Mariah Carey and Boys to Men. Do you, do you have to, to get that close to a celebrity, do you really have to elbow your way up? Well, with Mariah Carey, we made a smart decision to go to Krakow, which is, by the way, an amazing city to visit. And there aren't as many fans as, let's say, if you went to London or Dublin or Munich. Um, and there were, weren't so many people outside the hotel. So it was like, what, like 20, 30 people. So it was very, very easy. We didn't even have to wait that long. <laughs> so find out where they're staying pick a city where that maybe it won't be as crowded and uh, and just wait yeah just like with boys to men in dublin just because i was standing in front <laughs> so i got to tell them where i come from and they said give it up for hungary y'all so yeah it was pretty cool <laughs> <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> this episode of andy steve's travel is brought to you by our new guidebook andy steve's europe city hopping on a budget pick a city and go this new guidebook highlights the key information you need to know for a three or four day visit to some of our favorite cities. We highlight the top sites, restaurants, nightlife venues and clubs, and more to help you maximize your time, budget and fun while traveling through Europe. Pick up a copy online or in bookstores now. Also available at andysteves.com. Enjoy and let us know what you think. Happy travels. Let's see. Um, one thing when we were going over the list of uh, what makes Budapest different from all the other cities is the caving experience that you can have in Budapest. Can you speak to that just a little bit? So Hungary, I mean, Budapest has the longest cave of Hungary. It's like the latest info that I know that is like under 50 kilometers. And um, it's you can go to different caves for different experiences. One is like with a trail where you can just walk and it takes like less than an hour and you see fun stuff like the sweat, seven dwarfs and the, and what's it like? Not Cinderella, what's the other? Uh, sleeping Beauty. Yeah, Sleeping, no, who has the dwarfs? doing like as her little slaves doing stuff. I think that's Sleeping Beauty, yeah. Sleeping Beauty, was it? Yeah, or Snow White. 
No, Snow, it's Snow, Snow White. White. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. It's hard to keep it uh, straight. And you know, all of those fairy tales are really quite creepy if you like read between the lines a little bit. Like this, this, this woman, you know, is hanging out with seven dwarves, and and they do what? Like it's uh, it's interesting to to read between the lines yeah. a little bit of these uh, children's tales. Exactly. When you go to the caves, you can see the formations that look like well, they look different. And I thought of other stuff. But uh, it's called the Seven Dwarfs and um, this girl from Disney, anyways. And you can see this stuff on the ground. Um, but if you decide to go, uh, on, if you decide to go adventure caving, then uh, be prepared to crawl around on all four. Fours get down and dirty, and you get onesies. And everyone's always inspired to take uh, pictures where they pose as boy bands from the nineties, because what else? Like it's in sync or backstreet boys. It's still, yeah. <laughs> it's still on. So, so that's why our pictures always turn out like that. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I think it's just uh, the, the onesie that you have. And then people are just like, Oh my God, I, we have to pose. So it's like boy band pose all the time before and after, uh, going to the case, which, yeah, if you're claustrophobic, don't do it. Otherwise it's super amazing. Um, one of the best parts is when they when they turn out the lights and then you can literally hear like I don't know like when you close your eyes you can hear everything and then you can you know if you want to sing you could sing Adele's Rolling in the Deep and <laughs> and you are a little bit claustrophobic is that right yeah, but I did go as a child because uh, one of my uncles was super into caving so I went to a bunch of uh, caves here and just uh crawled around literally on all four and i enjoyed it but yeah i grew up and uh it means that as a gemini i tend to think too much so i thought mm, maybe it's not, not for me and that was a good <laughs> yeah because i'm 6'2 195 pounds and there were some spots where you you get in in pretty tight situations and it would be really easy to let your mind just freak out a little bit if you didn't keep it under control in some of those tight spots. It really goes from one open cavern through some sort of crawling tunnel into another. And so the, the tight spaces are relatively short, but sometimes it can it can get to your head a little bit. Now, when our groups go, do you coach them to do certain levels of difficulty based on what you've seen similar groups do in the past? Well, there are the the guides in the caves who take who see them and take care of them. So they probably you know talk to them a little bit and just uh, choose what's best for that certain group because mm -hmm. there's a maximum number I think of ten that one guide can take. Mm -hmm. So if you know, and if you still like uh, decide to opt out at the beginning, that's still possible. Um, but it's mostly people go in. Like I never like I think I had maybe two people or so very few that said okay no or just said no before before even going in and uh another important thing don't drink before going in or don't come hang hungover because then you might have to throw up in the caves and it's not so much fun for the tour guide to clean the caves absolutely oh my gosh so let's uh switch gears here what I want to talk about is Hungarian cuisine. Like, if I'm coming to Budapest for the first time, is there one or two or three dishes that I got to look out for and be sure to try? Sure. If you're a foodie, then, uh, well, let's start with my favorite, and then we come to the most important things. My favorites are soups. 
Uh, I think we're a soup nation. I can eat soup before or after the main course. Hell, it can even be a main course for me, but uh, that's just me. I'm a little weird with that. Um, it can be cherry soup, it can be apple soup, so it's always like something kind of sweet. But um, the most famous soup, inevitably, is goulash, which comes from the name Guyash, and uh, Guyash means herdsman in Hungarian. The story goes that around the ninth century, these men had to, you know, keep like make something to keep them warm. So this was like, it's like basically a stew. It's with beef and it's with uh, all kinds of vegetables. And you can also put sour cream on top because we love sour cream. So we put it on all kinds of things. So I think you should definitely try goulash. That would be the number one. Then um, another thing that uh, I think is pretty cool, it doesn't look good, but it tastes good, is lecho. And lecho is like the Hungarian ratatouille. So it's, again, it comes with eggs and it comes with sausages and it's just like a big mess, but it tastes very good. You can also get it at Simpla. And so it doesn't have to be fancy. And then other good stuff, I think if you're, if you like meat, if you're into meat, because we're a meat nation, is uh, stuffed cabbage. You can also eat that in, uh, I had good stu stuffed cabbage in Budapest, I had good stuffed cabbage in Krakow. I have to come up with that because Polish-Hungarian friendship is famous because our roots, uh, like, they grow together, but it's like two separate trees. We also have, um, anyways, work history together. But the point is about food that uh, this, and we like to cook with paprika, and it can be a little spicy sometimes too, although I'm not a big fan of spices, but if you like that, then try this. And then the other thing for sweets, for example, uh, you either hate it or love it, is turo rudi. The outside is chocolate and inside it's like uh, lemony kind of, uh, what's the best word for it? You've tried it, haven't you? Uh, it, it's, it's like a, uh, just kind of a, a, a chocolate with some sort of stuffing, right? Yeah, some, it's, some inside. Uh, it tastes lemony, like it's, now the word in German is quark, but huh. it's like, I don't know what it is. Point is you have to try it and then see if you like it. And then the other is, uh, it's spread out through Central Europe. It's a so-called chimney cake, but it originates in Transylvania, which used to be Hungarian until the First World War. We always mention this because it's, uh, it's <clears throat> something that separated a lot of Hungarian families. And um, the thing is that when, and I'll get back to food in a second, but when we joined the EU, then it was also like joining back with the old parts and oh. old family members in a way. Interesting, because I on the news recently there was the Hungarian minority leader in Romania made some sort of announcement or some sort of political statement. Um, I think it had. I think what he was doing was encouraging ethnic Hungarians to vote, even though they're in the minority uh, in Romania. So that's that's interesting to to make that connection there. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and you mentioned paprika. Um, so it's interesting because if you think about the other surrounding countries like uh, Austria, Poland, Germany, Czech Republic, Slovakia, those countries don't necessarily have very spicy cuisine, but you can definitely find some spicy Hungarian dishes. Can you speak to that just a little bit? Because paprika seems to be unique to Hungary. Oh God, oh, that's a little difficult for me because I, I, I don't really like spicy food, but you can use paprika in, uh, in the chicken paprika, for example, that's like with uh, noodles and uh, it's, it's kind of like the goulash, but you have a lot of sour cream in it and uh, the noodles come as a side dish. So everything can, uh, you can have a spicy version of it. You can have a spicy version of goulash if you like. Um, the, the, um, 
this uh, paprika can also be in a version of like in a little container and you can just make everything mm -hmm. more spicy it's like mm -hmm. a cream and one thing that i don't think i heard you mention are langosh oh yeah sure how could i have forgotten about langosh um langosh is a fried dough and we it's what comes closest to our fast food and uh, you usually put cheese sour cream and garlic on top and nothing else but uh, and you would eat it at the beach let's say at lake balaton or whatever it's always either like um this or corn with salt so this like the beach food and langosh at uh, for example at market hall uh, in Budapest, uh, for me, it is little is a little weird because it has so many different toppings. Like you can put salami on top, or like even rucola, which is not Hungarian. But that's not the point. The point is that I think garlic, cheese, and sour cream uh, is the best version. Or you can go on Andrashi Avenue. It recently opened the langos joint, and they just opened one, so now it's becoming like even more popular. I think in the States we would call it an elephant ear. I'm, I'm not entirely sure, but they fry this flat dough and then, yeah, sprinkle it with all sorts of toppings and it can be savory or sweet. All right, Bowie, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to connect with me here. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. Let's run through your where people can find you on social media and online once more. Sure, so it's uh, bsidetours.com and on instagram it's the same it's all together small letters beside tours same on facebook where we always post the new blogs if you're interested in coming to budapest you can get some ideas there all right and uh, as they say correct version <laughs> thanks again for listening find all show details links and tips at andysteves.com you can connect with WSA Europe, Andy's tour company, at WSA Europe on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. We'll see you next time. Happy travels.